0: All right, do you want to throw some questions in to start? Um, we can switch to our chatty chat and, uh, you know, just, just remember, you know, if I've, if I've helped you all out over the years, and I, I'm i pretty sure that I have, if I have helped you all out over the years, uh, please um, help me out at freedomain.com forward slash donate. freedomain.com forward slash donate. Um, I take cryptos. <laughs> As I'm sure you're aware. So, uh, let me get some good posture here. Sit up properly. Look at this. You know how serious this stuff is? I'm wearing a collar, baby. I'm collared. So, yeah, just wanted to mention that. That's where things are, baby. Collars have occurred. And I'll, I'll be frank, you know, I. 3 o'clock this morning. No, sorry, 5 o'clock this morning. I don't normally check, of course. But, you know, when you're over 50, there's a little window into my life. You generally, you wake up in the middle of the night, and it's not like I have to pee, but I'm like, ah, yeah, I might as well pee, right? So I got up to pee, and I was like, oh, I wonder what the price of Bitcoin is. And I will tell you, it was a little difficult to pee for a moment. Uh, <gasps> sphincter! <laughs> and, and that's the only time in, oh, I didn't even know, years and years that I've had to, uh, because, you know, it's, uh, well, it went down a little. It's you. <laughs> As you may have noticed. Anyway, I got back to sleep fine and I woke up refreshed, but there was just that moment of uh, Guess I'll hold on to that, some precious fluid. So yeah, sorry, uh sorry for that vivid detail, but I always want to be shockingly, if not appallingly, honest with you about all of this stuff, so Yeah, just so you know. Alright, quiet. I need to I don't know why can't I quiet this damn thing? So yeah, how you guys doing? Did you notice the dip? Bitcoin just went back over 50. Silence before the storm. I just listened to a top Canadian economist speak when asked about their take on crypto. The view is that the state will inevitably ban it. We'll see. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, so I've made this case before. But what's going to happen is the government leaders are going to recognize that uh, fiat currency is doomed as it mathematically and historically absolutely is absolutely completely and totally is. The only fiat currency that's ever lasted more than two or 250 years is the British pound sterling, and that's only because it's lost 98% of its value. So, no. You know, if you're old, I remember... Older. I remember when I first came to Canada, November 1977, we were so broke, we had to fly Friday, Leica from London to New York, and then we took a bus up into Canada because it was too expensive to fly into Canada for us. I mean, we were a broke broke broke-ass family, let me tell you. And... I remember when I first came to Canada, Oh, uh, my mom was a central bank, I suppose, so relatives and friends gave me money for my adventures in the new world. I think they thought that I needed to buy um, plastic squares so that I could build my igloo. Uh, I needed, of course, snowshoes with which I could hunt the Inuit, I think they called them back then, or maybe the elk, I can't remember. And... I came up to Canada and I had, I remember this, I had 37 pounds of, of money. And that was a fortune back then, man. That was more money than I'd ever seen. And I'd already been working for a year by the time we came to Canada. DLive is too laggy, you say? So, yeah, you can go to Daily Motion. Uh, I'm streaming at a bunch of places. So, uh, I'm sorry that it's laggy. Um, can't, can't do much about that. But, yeah, there's a bunch of different places. Uh, yeah, but you can search up for me on Daily Motion. The live streaming is going there as well so i had i had 37 pounds and my mother was like well i'll just hold on to it for you and i'll just give you the money when you need things and did i did i ever really see it no (laughs) not really because nothing says good parenting like stealing from a 11 year old kid you've just dragged to the new world without his permission or approval so when i came to canada A a candy bar was 10 cents, 10 cents. And my first job, my first wage job, I got, you know, $2.45 an hour, right? And I was working in a convenience store, restocking and and cleaning and all that kind of stuff. I got a job in a bookstore. I put the New York Times together on Sundays. Kind of funny because the New York Times has attempted to disassemble me on various occasions, but I started off by assembling the New York Times in a bookstore, which I loved because I could get all the free books I wanted. they just tear the covers off, send the back as remainders. And I got uh, Ray Bradbury books. I got philosophy books. I got everything that I wanted. Uh, it was just amazing. You know, for 90% of my books for most of my most of the time I worked there were just books without covers. <laughs> it was fantastic. Love that place. Although I had to take two buses and a subway to get to, get to work. And it was <laughs> – I'm not a morning person. And it was some pretty early morning Sundays, just as when I had a paper route. So – yeah, 10 cents. So let's say that I got $2.40. So I was paid 24 candy bars an hour at a job. I was paid 24 candy bars at an hour. And I can't remember. If it was, there might have been some overlap, you know, but but twenty's now candy bars are a buck, which meant that my wage back there in candy bar dollars was $27, right? Or, or 20, Yeah, $24, or let's say it was half. It was $12, right? So... In candy bar currency, which you know, kind of what means something when you're a kid, right? Candy bar currency, candy bar was 10 cents. I made two dollars and 45 cents an hour, so I had 24 and a half candy bars. Now, I mean, that's pretty brutal. What's happened to wages? So nothing's wrong with wages, nothing's wrong. It's just the money has just gone quite crazy, right? All right, so are you guys ready to calm the F down? I hope so. I hope so, because. You know, I, I understand. It's a little alarming. And, of course, we've had six months of solid gains on the Bitcoin front. Ethereum, of course, has done really, really well. So, no, it's not just a standard correction. It's a little bit more than that. But it is the gathering. You know, like you, when you, when you want to run, sometimes you lean back or you crouch down. You get your hips ready and <laughs> off you go like a bat out of hell. So, for those of you who don't know, I'm sure you do know this. So, President Joe Biden is proposing almost doubling the capital gains tax rate for wealthy individuals. To no, not forty percent, because that would be insane, but thirty-nine point six percent, which coupled coupled with an existing surtax on investment income means the federal tax rates for investors could be high as high as forty-three point four percent. So that's uh, that's pretty terrible, right? So. If you earn a million or more, now the earning thing, I think you have to cash it out, right? So it means that your current base rate of earning, of capital gains earnings is 20%. So it's going to double effectively to 39.6%. And you've got a 3.8% tax on investment income that funds Obamacare, because Obamacare is just, you can keep your doctor and it's going to pay for itself. So the, the tax rate on returns on financial assets is now going to be higher, or could be higher, than the top rate on wages and salary income. So for a million-dollar earnings in high-tax states, the rates on capital gains could top 50% for New Yorkers, the combined state and federal capital gains rate could be as high as 52.22% for Californians. It could be 56.7%. And congressional Democrats have separately proposed a series of changes to capital gains taxes, including imposing the levies annually instead of when they are sold, which means even if you don't sell, you get taxed on stuff, which is insane because who knows what the um, future price is going to be. So, and, And Bernie Sanders, creepy communist that he is, was saying, well, if you try and exit the U.S., we're going to tax you at 40% just for trying to claw your way out of a cash prison, right? So so that is, of course, pretty terrifying uh, to people. Like, in all seriousness, it's pretty terrifying to people because 56.7% tax on capital gains. Now, so capital gains, should I mean, the, the, the rate should be zero. Absolutely should be, well, the rate for everything should be zero. So capital gains is money that has been previously saved and taxed, right? So cap like the, the, the tax on savings normally is just inflation. But if you save your money, so you you're, let's say you're in a 40% tax bracket, right? You make $10,000, then you pay $4,000 in taxes. You've got $6,000. You invest that $6,000. That should be your money. It is your money. You already paid the tax. You already paid the head tax. You already paid the livestock fee for being herded around. You already paid. And then you go and invest that money doing what? Creating jobs, raising wages, creating businesses. And you get taxed on the profits that you make from the money you've already paid tax on and is nominally yours. Now, I guess nothing is nominally yours. You don't actually ever end up owning your house. You just end up renting it from the government at 1.5% of its value, which the government has every incentive to drive up the value, both to retain the boomer vote, to pretend that it actually has a real economy, and to drive up property taxes. So it is crazy. It is absolutely crazy that we're talking about money that's already been taxed at, say, 30 or 40% now being taxed at up to 56.7%. It's fucking brutal. So, and corporate taxes are going up and, you know, fuck the rich and fuck the corporations, right? They wanted this. They they all got in behind Bernie, sorry, behind uh, Biden. It's <laughs> not a dime's worth of difference in the long run but uh yeah so i mean fuck the rich fuck the now cor- but corporations love this shit right corporations love capital gains taxes do you know why because corporations already have a giant market share and what do corporations fear in the same way that dinosaurs fear those tiny little mammals at their feet what corporations fear is disruptive new startups that take away their business models you know like me versus the mainstream media mainstream media gets uh, you know gets paid a lot of money to disassemble people's reputations for fun and profit. And then, you know, people like me or other people come along and start taking away their market share by charisma, intelligence, wit and wisdom, as opposed to, uh, you know, nice hair, good makeup and an expensive set and a steady diet of lies. So big corporations love this shit because it means that less money flows into startups, which means there are fewer paradigm-shifting businesses to screw with their business models. Right, so big corporations love regulations. They love complicated stuff. They love uh, the Federal Registry growing larger than uh, War and Peace in uh, 72 points. uh, Expando vision, because complying with these regulations is very expensive and very complicated. And if you're a big corporation that has already bought its share of congressmen, then you already have a legal department and you can manage how these um, uh, regulations affect your business. And you can right. Small businesses simply can't compete. So they love. They love that stuff. Yeah, corporations also love minimum wages because it kills startups. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So now the important thing, and, you know, if you're a crypto person, then I kind of understand all of this, which is this is affecting stocks a whole lot more than it's affecting crypto, right? So stocks have already had a pullback because people are looking at this shit and saying, my God, where the hell do I go? I can't put my money in bonds because I'm getting a hundredth of a percent return on government bonds. Uh, I can't get into stocks because the capital gains are going to be brutal. Uh, gold is stagnant or declining in value. Real estate is uncertain because, as you know, the Biden administration is reviving the Obama plan to bring uh, low rent, low income housing into the suburbs, which is going to kill property values because people are then going to move even further out, particularly now they're not tethered to an office because of COVID. So where the hell do I go? So if you think that the hard rain is falling just on crypto, I would argue that it's actually quite the opposite. The question is, you know, if, if you are in a war and there are people shooting at your ass and you dive into the water and they can't find you and you're with some other guy, right? Let's say you don't like him at all, right? Some, some jerk in your army. So, and and there's only one bullet left, right? The snipers have only got one bullet left. And you're underwater, you're holding your breath, they don't know where you are. It's nighttime or whatever, right? So who lasts, who lives? The guy who can hold his breath the longest, right? So you're down there, your eyes are bulging Roger Rabbit style, your cheeks are out, like you just got a vaccine, and if you go up and they got one bullet left, you're dead, you're dead, because they can see you, they can shoot you. So the question is, who can hold their breath the longest, And the two people, of course, as I'm sure you're aware, are the U.S. dollar and Bitcoin. Who can hold its breath the longest? I'm not going to put my money on the U.S. dollar personally. It's all my personal. None of this is investment advice. None of this. It's just my particular thoughts on it, right? Because here's the facts, right? The miners are what you want to watch. That sounds actually pretty bad. I'm sure that's going to be taken out of context. But the miners, ERS, uh, right? So as you know, the miners process Bitcoin and take Bitcoin as a payment for processing, right? So the question is, the question is, what are the miners doing with their Bitcoin? Now, if they expect the price to go down, the miners are going to sell their Bitcoins, right? Because they're constantly accumulating scraps of Bitcoins. They're constantly not staying humble, actually staying pretty greedy and stacking their sats. And they're, what are the miners doing in general? They're holding on to their Bitcoin, which means that they believe, obviously, that the price is going to go up in the long run, right? So here's an economist uh, or an investment guy, pretty big guy, saying, the difference between cryptocurrency and any other market is that we're seeing more and more large-scale, crypt- large-scale crypto buyers who simply have no intent on exiting the position. That's pretty wild, right? And you can see this. Crypto is storming off the plantation. They're getting off the fine. They're going into cold storage, just, you know, like crazy amounts of Bitcoin is going into cold storage. So that's pretty important. That's a pretty important thing to to understand. So Avi Feldman, head trader and portfolio manager at Tower Capital, says Western funds started offloading Bitcoin aggressively on the back of the Biden tax plan. Ultimately, news-based selling generally reverses. So this is uh, pretty important, right? This is, is pretty important. Because the Biden tax plan is going to um, largely cripple the economy. I mean, in the long run, right? In the short run, they'll make a little bit of money as uh, before the rich people adjust their assets, move stuff overseas, do whatever they do to avoid tax, which is, of course, what they do. they make a little bit of money. And then in the long run, because people are no longer going to want to invest in new businesses or buy stocks or shares or whatever, they're going to see economic slowdown and uh, – because what they do, you know, this is what they do to – and I don't want to say idiots, but people who have no particular interest in economics and have never been trained by their female teachers in economics because, you know, there's never been a famous female economist or at least one that's won a prize. It's just not, you know – its I guess it's like – can you imagine? You know, what is it? All these these famous female pretty girl celebrities all go into business. They're all excellent business people. <laughs> Can you imagine if uh, I don't know Gwyneth Paltrow was like, yeah, I want to go into business. I really want to run an engineering firm. <laughs> I really want to do sewage waste management. I I really want to build bridges. You know, I really want to do that. Construction is the way to go. No, no, no. It's all like pretty multi orgasmic goop that you can put on your nipples so that you can see Jesus while you come. It's just wild stuff, right? So, um, so people don't understand economics. So what they do is they they hear politicians come up and say, oh, we're gonna tax the tax the rich, right? statism fundamentally is the lie that somebody else can pay for your shit that somebody else is going to pay for it and it's never going to affect you that it's just free stuff out there you can scoop it up from other people give it to you and everything's just going to be fine and it's funny too because with the when it comes to the environment your tiny little actions affect everything you choose to start that lawnmower when you don't need to you're going to kill butterfly in kyoto right and of course, everything's interwoven this big ecosystem when it comes to the environment right The beat of a butterfly wings can cause a storm in Florida. but when it comes to the economy, there's this fantasy or this belief that somehow it's just completely bifurcated. you can just massively raise taxes on these people over here have absolutely no effect on you other than free stuff and of course it's not true and anybody and, and you don't need a lot of intelligence to figure this out what happens to your wages if nobody Starts new businesses. Well, they, they tank because there's no... When you start a new business, you're raising everyone's wages, right? You, you know, I started a business. We ended up hiring like 25 or 30 people. And so we took 25 or 30 skilled people out of the job pool, which raised everybody else's wages to a tiny degree, right? So you get a lot of people starting new businesses. It buoys up everyone's wages. You go and tax the shit out of everyone in capital gains so and they don't start new businesses. And then everybody's wages tanks. And by the way, by the way, um just wanted to sort of point point this one out are we a wee smidge um do teenagers still work just out of curiosity do, do they do they still work because you know everyone's saying well we got low skilled jobs that need to be done hello i got a job when i was 10 uh, i got another job when i was 11 i you know i worked three jobs through high school i mean teenagers used to do the low skilled labor I worked in a, uh, I worked as a waiter, I had a, a paper route, I worked cleaning offices, I actually worked uh, for cash cleaning uh, some woman's dog hair off her carpet with a friend of mine. I just worked all these low-rent jobs. I mean, why do you need to bring everybody and their grandmother in from Bangladesh if you've got teenagers who would be working low-rent jobs? I don't understand, like, why, why do you, oh my gosh, we can't do gardening without Hispanics. Hello, teenagers? Anyway, so it's just just strange. It's just quite Unusual so yeah, I don't know what that's all about but for some reason teenagers can't possibly work anymore and therefore we need uh, a huge amounts of uh, um, Money coming in from us huge amounts of immigration coming in and just just sort of by-the-by Teenager too busy doing Minecraft streaming or toy unboxing. (laughs) Yeah, maybe well that's work. That's that's honorable decent work Okay, so I am going to to a couple of questions Um, So sorry before I do that let me sort of finish my last thought for once for once in my life, let me finish my last thought. So, so of course, what's going to happen is the economy is going to uh, going to tank, right? Because new jobs aren't going to be created and people are going to take their money and put it into long-term. Who can hold their breath the longest, right? They're going to put their money into longer-term assets. So, since the capital gains tax is going completely insane, like, honestly, that is, that is economy-shredding insanity. And it's not done by people who are populist. It's done by people who want to destroy the economy so they can blame capitalism. Oh, look, the poor are underpaid. Well, did you tax the shit out of anyone who wanted to start a new company and hire the poor and raise their wages? Well, yes. Well, then it's you who are screwing the poor, not the capitalists, right? So the question is, and you've got to look at it from the normie perspective, right? So the rich people are going to say, well, shit, this is pretty bad. This is, this is really bad. I mean, okay. He's a leftist and he talked about raising capital gains forever, but it turns out that trying to court the favor of the mainstream media by supporting Biden has shafted these people to the tunes of probably hundreds of billions of dollars over time. So, what are they going to do with their resources? I mean, there's no tax on holding capital gains, right? Because, you know, there's all this thing uh, a quarter of a trillion dollars was wiped out of Bitcoin. It's like, no, it wasn't. (laughs) No, it wasn't. That's like saying when you sit down, you have dramatically shrunk in height. It's like, no, you're just sitting down stand back up again. I haven't become, I haven't become shorter than a shade under six foot just because I'm sitting down. (laughs) It's it's wiped out. I just these dramatic, ridiculous headlines that that people have. But anyway, so the rich people, what are they going to do? Well, I mean, they're going to want to move their money offshore. They're going to want to do all these tax breaks and dodges and all of that. But what they're going to want to do is they're going to want to put money into an asset that's going to outlast the administration because then they're going to try and vote someone in next round, right, 2024, maybe even the midterms, but probably 2024. They're going to want to vote someone in who's going to remove and repeal this capital tax increase. So what they're going to want to do is find money that's going to hang tight for three years or so until administration comes in that they can manipulate into lowering the capital gains tax, right? That's, that's the idea from Normie World, right? So where are they going to want to put their money? Where are they going to want to put their money where the majority of people aren't going to sell, right? Because if you put your money into an unstable asset, and I know Bitcoin is like Catherine Zeta Jones on cocaine, but uh, sometimes, but although it's nothing compared to what it, it used to be, um, this is like going from riding a Bronco, a a, 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 uh, <laughs> riding a, a bucking Bronco bull to riding uh, a drugged out Gimp from a Tarantino movie. So, Where are people, rich people going to want to put their assets? They're going to want to put their assets. They're going to want to put their money. They're going to want to put their money into an asset where they believe the majority of people aren't going to sell. And that's just plain Bitcoin or cryptos as a whole, Bitcoin. Because, again, people are pulling their money off the exchanges. They're pulling their Bitcoins and putting them in cold storage. And the miners aren't selling much of their Bitcoin, thus indicating that people are going to hang on to their Bitcoins. So rich people facing this giant blood red wave of cossacks coming in to clip their capital gains are going to want to put their money into an asset that's going to hold its breath longer than the current administration i believe that's going to be uh, bitcoin i believe that's going to be bitcoin so i think it's uh it's going to go it's going to go back right So uh, it's an interesting sentence here. Opponents of a capital gains rate increase point out that it's partly a tax on inflation as the government finds a way to tax homeowners or stock owners on the government's own failure to maintain a currency that is a stable store of value. Well, the government has no interest in maintaining a currency that's a stable store of value. You don't get rich by stability when you're uh, a predator, right? I mean, that's like saying Genghis Khan wants to invest in really slow horses. It just doesn't, doesn't really work. So this is not a recent poll, but it was a recent recent Rupee poll, from I think, from from 2013. Most Americans do not believe raising taxes on the rich will impact investment or the rate of technological progress. 66% approve of raising taxes on the wealthy since they see little cost in doing so. Yeah, it slows the rate of technological innovation, and worker productivity per hour is the essence of a growing economy. So for a slower rate of technological innovation of new jobs associated with innovation. And it's not just the rich. Like, it's not just the rich, not investing, that kills the economy when you crank up the capital gains. It's That's that's the scene. Well, it's kind of the unseen. But the much more unseen is all the people who are like, screw it, I'm not going to become wealthy because I don't want get, to get taxed at 56% on my capital gains. Forget it. Why would I work – why am I going to work 18 hours, for five, 18 hours a day for five years to build some giant-ass company – when I'm going to get arse-pillaged when it comes time to actually cashing in for my crazy amounts of labor. So it's not just that the rich won't invest. It's that the poor won't bother trying to get out of poverty or trying to work their way into the upper classes or anything because what's the point? When you finally get there, the mirage of wealth, you can't swim. Ugh. Only thirty-five percent of Americans think raising taxes on the wealthy will reduce the funds available to invest in new companies. <laughs> uh, you can check out Ed, Edward, Con, uh, Edward Conard's C O N A R D, his book *Unintended Consequences*. So, uh, wealth taxes aren't paid by rich people who reduce their consumption as a consequence. Yeah, people just won't won't sell. I mean, they just won't sell. I mean, if when you crank up taxes, and this is this is what stupid people do and believe, right? And they they think, well, we're currently, the rich are selling X amount of dollars when capital gains is at 20%. So we'll just get twice as much money because we'll crank up ta- capital gains to 40% and then we'll get twice the money. It's like, no, you won't. God, public choice theory 101, people. Uh, people are adaptable to new circumstances. People change to new information. They simply won't sell. So you will simply not sell stuff at a, at 40 a percent you'll hold your breath hoping that you'll outlast the administration that's supporting this stuff right crazy the economic burden is going to fall heavily on the workers the workers are going to get screwed by capital gains tax taxes because the rich is like oh okay so i have to live on less money than i lived before i'm still living pretty well that's what the rich are going to say right so Maybe they go from making a million dollars a year, maybe they only make $750,000 a year, or maybe they only make half a million dollars a year. Well, that's not a very big, I mean, I get it's like half the income and, you know, maybe they will be, well, it's not much to spend money on these days anyway, because a lot of it goes on travel, right? So when the rich end up with less money, they still got a lot of money. But when the poor end up with less money, it's really, really tough. It's, I don't know if you've, you know, hit hit me why. Hit me a why in the comments if you've ever been, like, no fool and poor. Like, oh, my God, how am I going to pay my bills? Poor. Like, dodging the phone. Poor. Like, you have, to, you have to say to your friends, okay, call me, let it ring twice, and then call back so that I know you're not a creditor. Let me know. You got a why? We got a bunch of whys there, right? So you guys know what it's like. Why, why, why? Yeah, you guys are honest, solid proletariat buddies like myself. Yeah. It's god-awful, right? It's absolutely god-awful to be that poor. It's horrible. It's stressful. Uh, It's, um, you can't sleep. Um, Now, I've never been like dodging creditors poor, but I I totally remember, and and this this poverty was like a great moment for me. Like after my master's degree, I was dirt-ass poor, man. I was paying $275 a month in rent. I had one room in a house, happened to have, Four gay guys and a lesbian living in the same house. Actually, pretty, pretty good roomies as a whole. Very tidy. Very tidy. I remember a friend of mine came over with his girlfriend and saw this incredible, beautiful kitchen that these gay guys had made. And she turned to her boyfriend and said, you know what? Just be gay. I would totally give up sex with you for a kitchen like this. Which I didn't think was the most, um, <laughs> the nicest thing to say. But it really was, uh, it really was uh, hilarious. Almost why, almost why. Yeah, and of course, if they can just print all the money they want, why on earth would they need to raise taxes, right? (laughs) So let's see here why. And now my wife hasn't had work for a year because of COVID rules. Yeah, it's tough. So I remember uh, I I simply, like, I just absolutely ran out. Like, you can always normally, oh, I pull a bit from here. I'll put something on a credit card. I borrow money from a friend. I totally ran out. I totally, my friends were tapped out. It was a a recession. And I was like, I couldn't make my rent. And it was like three weeks away. And I I just completely panicked. And I, I called up. I'd been kind of coy about jobs, and I called up – I remember this woman. Her name was Marnie. I didn't remember her last name too, but no need to drag her into this. I called up Marnie, and I said, you know what, Marnie? She was a recruiter. I said, listen, I, I need a job. I'm, I'm desperate for a job. I, I'd love it to have something to do with computers. I don't care. I'll type on them. I'll clean them. I'll move them. But please, please, I just – I so desperately need a job. I will do anything for it, and I will make you proud, and I will enhance your reputation, and it will be fantastic – And she was very kind to me. And she got me an interview at a stock trading company where I wowed them with my interview. And I got hired $40,000 a year. It was my first professional job. And uh, I worked there for about a year and then co-founded my own company and left and, and did the entrepreneurial thing. But, yeah, it's brutal, man. It's brutal. When you're out of money, man, you are seriously... Out of money, and that's just, and this is why I'm always fascinated how the people live. Like, oh, I didn't work for a year. It's like, are you kidding me? How on earth do you live? How on earth do you live? Been poor enough to be forced to move back in with my parents and couldn't find a single job. Yeah. When you have no food, so you just go to sleep. Yeah, was it Newt Hampson wrote a great novel um, called Hunger? It's really good about just being hungry. Um, I remember my mom used to, uh, she was chasing all these guys, trying to hook some guy because she wasn't really working. So she was trying to hook income from some guy. So she would go all over the place. She went to Houston. She went to California. Just, you know, guys would invite her out. And it turns out they just wanted her for the weekend. They didn't really want her for permanent, which I can somewhat understand. And I sympathize with both sides of the story. But she used to leave me with, like, she'd be gone for, like, two weeks at a time sometimes. And she. I remember one time she was gone for two weeks. She left me 30 bucks. Now, I wasn't an idiot. I tried to make it last, but you, I just couldn't. There was no food in the house and, you know, there were other things I needed to pay. And I just would hang out at friends' houses. I'd hang out at my friends' houses hoping that I looked thin-cheeked and hungry and hoping that they would invite me for dinner because it was that or nothing. It was that or nothing. Or I could go to the mall. This was <laughs> I would go to the mall, the Don Mills Mall. There was a fish and chip shop. You could get batter leftovers for for a dime, like a bucket of – it's not even fish. It's just the batter that they scraped off, like leftover. You could get a, a, a batter i mean i probably won't live past 55 but uh you could get like for a dime and and that and i remember going to the science center for school trips and everyone you know had to buy lunch and i don't know if you've been this poor but of course i had no money for lunch and i would uh you would get crackers and ketchup right you get all your crackers you grind them up you throw some ketchup in, you'd stir it up and that would be your lunch because crackers and ketchup were free and that was your damn batter leftovers sounds good oh it's really not it's really not. It's really not. I remember, um, and and we, so I also get locked out, right? I mean, and so what would happen is I would lose my keys because you're a kid, right? And my mom had this belief that if you lost your keys, somehow people would be able to. I mean, I'm high, it's hyperbole, but I would like they would sniff you somehow. They would they would they'd know which door it went into, right? And so. Now, we, we actually lived in an apartment building, so we could have got the locks changed, I think, for no fee, but anyway. So I would lose my keys, and I wouldn't tell my mom because she would scream at me or beat me up or something like that when I was little. So I would uh, lose my keys, and I would go home hoping that she'd un- left the door unlocked, and the door wouldn't be unlocked, and I'd be hungry, I'd be thirsty, and uh, I remember being so thirsty, uh, no place to get a drink, uh, and uh, I remember... Oh, I remember, oh, I was hiking in the woods and I, there was a stream. And I remember going to hike in the woods as it was getting dark because my mom sometimes would not come home till quite late. And I just remember looking for this stream like, and hearing it and I, could, I couldn't find it. It got too dark and I was so thirsty. <laughs> anyway, crazy. Yeah, video game style key finding. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. And, of course, cutting keys was like two bucks and we couldn't afford that. So normally I would just steal her keys and go and get it cut. I didn't have two bucks, right? Oh, it was brutal. And I remember also being on a swim team in the summer, and the swim team was uh, $4, I think, and I just have to keep, I wanted to go on the swim team. I liked being on the swim team, and I just had to lie and pretend that I had forgotten the money, and eventually the woman gave up and kind of understood it, so. All right. So, it, okay, I get it. sad. I, I get it. sad. I, uh, I understand that it's sad, but... You know, I've seen I've seen it from from that side. I've seen the world from that side, and you drop the wages on people who are just barely getting by, and that's what's going to happen. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be really rough. Uh, it's really gonna be rough. So, all right, right. Uh, got a couple of cues here from before, and then we'll get to your thoughts. And we could do it a Q and A thing, although that can go on for quite a while. So maybe. Oh yeah, sorry. There's one other thing I wanted to mention as well. So it's not to me it's not a coincidence that Bitcoin began to crash after the George Floyd trial or after the Derek chauvin trial concluded right because uh, I think that people were bullish on Bitcoin partly as a hedge against what they thought was going to be massive social economic disruption based upon the endless rioting of uh, our good friends in the so sponsored organizations right so I think that people were anticipating that and uh, as the jury said they said hey man I mean I didn't want rioting. I didn't want people showing up at my house. I didn't want to get doxxed. I mean, this is what the actual jurors have said. And so they. um, uh, I think people who were expecting economic catastrophe uh, in the short run as a result of the rioting, they thought that Bitcoin was going to go up because of the rioting Bitcoin. The rioting didn't occur, and therefore they sold Bitcoin, which is, again, very short-sighted. And all of the selling, in my view, is is very short-sighted because the fact that... Derek Chauvin was found uh, guilty. Oh, and did you notice? Okay, whatever you think of the guy, and he's a cop, so blah, 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 right? So whatever you think of the guy, uh, he, he took it, man. He, you could only see his eyes, but you know when he was sentenced to the rest of his life in prison that he probably won't survive, didn't blink, didn't cry, didn't, his face didn't smash him. Like, whatever you think of the guy, man, he took it. Uh, and that's about as hard as something as uh, anything anyone's ever going to take. But you know what was interesting? about Derek Chauvin when he was uh, sentenced and of course his bail was revoked so he had to go with them to to prison and all that where he's currently on suicide watch I believe but what was fascinating about Derek Chauvin was that uh, he stood up he put his hands behind his back he got handcuffed and he walked off now if George Floyd had done that well um, our current environment would be would be quite a bit different. But here's the thing, right? So people are saying, oh, good, no riots and, and all of that. And that was Greg Gutfeld's position. Like, oh, I don't want a looting. I've had, been through it before. I don't want it. I don't want the riots. Well, of course, nobody wants the riots, right? But, but the problem is, of course, that this kind of appeasement, and obviously it was appeasement to some degree, right? And no question of that. I mean, the jury wasn't sequestered. They had access to the media. They heard the threats from Maxine Waters. They saw that the pig's head showed up on the former house of a someone who testified for the defense, I mean they knew. They knew people were going to find them. They were going to be doxed, they were going to be uh, attacked, harassed, uh, driven out of town, they could be killed, they could be tortured. I mean they they knew all of that. I mean that was that was way out there it was totally clear, right? So here's the problem though. So okay, we didn't get the riots. But now the radicals know that they can dominate The judicial process. Yeah. How's that going to go? Amy Comey Barrett, is that her name? She got a $2 million advance for a book. I never look at that. I mean, there's no way she's going to make that money back. And I just look at all of that stuff as, uh, hey, thanks for whatever you did. Here's $2 million. That's the way I look at it. I don't have any proof of it. It's the way I look at it. Um, So uh, there is, of course, also this uh, rumor floating around that Bitcoin was going to get tax capital gains at at 80%, but that just means you got an incentive to hold your breath longer. Somebody asked, if the woke corporations start buying all the Bitcoin, is that a danger? Well, no, not in particular. And the woke, see, the woke corporations have, they've been forced to hire radicals through the HR department and through affirmative action. And so they have this undertow in their profitability, which is all this political stuff, right? I mean, a third of Americans, both black and white, don't want to buy coke anymore right uh cocaine no coca-cola uh get woke go broke don't buy coke right so a third of both white and black americans don't want to buy coca-cola products anymore because coke is getting involved as so many hundreds of other corporations are in this georgia you might need some vague id to (laughs) you need an id to get vaccinated but not to vote anyway it's tough to cheat when it's tougher it's not impossible it's tougher to cheat when there's voter ID, so they have to pretend it's Jim Crow because they want to continue to be able to do what they do with elections, right? So woke corpora- corporations, and again, I have sympathy. you got to hire, and you're going to get the radicals in. And um, so they have to, they're going to start buying Bitcoin because they have to make up for the lack of profitability or the negative profits, the losses, sorry, be a bit more blunt. The losses that come out of being woke are going to need to be offset, and I imagine the offset is going to be Bitcoin is it a good time to buy, Steph? Is it a good time to buy, Steph? Actually, it's a great time to buy, Steph. So you can go to freedomainnft.com, freedomainnft.com, and uh, you can see I've got some NFTs out there. The Ethereum one is kind of brutal, which is my books for sale on uh, the Ethereum network, and unfortunately, the fees are larger than the book price. I'm sorry about that. Hopefully, it'll get solved at some point, but I mean, the Ether guys are just, they're killing the platform with this greed. It's, it's insane. But uh, there's, I think there have only been two or maybe three presentations I never released. Uh, one of them is about IQ, and one of them is the rise of Nazism, and you can own that one if you want, if you want. And I'm telling you, that's going to be worth something down the road. That was a pretty wild presentation. Your favorite altcoin. I like Bitcoin Cash. I like Tezos. Uh, I like I liked Ethereum. Don't like it anymore. <laughs> don't like it uh, anymore. Why is Bitcoin being seen as a store of value rather than a medium of exchange? It was set up as a medium of exchange to begin with. No, it was not set up as a medium of exchange. It was set up as an alternative to fiat currency. So Bitcoin in general seems to have come out of the 0708 08 financial crash where, you know, crazy amounts of trillions of dollars were handed over to banks so they wouldn't go bankrupt. And uh, it was just discussed at the predatory and exploitive and immoral nature of fiat currency so it was just set up as an alternative to currency, and there's, currency is absolutely as valid a store of value as it is a medium of exchange. We've just lost thinking of currency as a store of value because inflation eats away at your savings every, every year, or every minute of every year. So, um, so there's two things that are turning Bitcoin into a store of value. One is we're approaching the eschatological Ragnarok end times of fiat currency, and people just want to hold their breath and survive the fiat currency. So that's a store of value. And the other thing, too, is that the transaction fees are pretty brutal uh, on Bitcoin. It's slow and it's expensive. I'll just be right up front and say it compared to things like Bitcoin Cash or Tezos or stuff like that. I was doing some testing with a friend of mine on Tezos and it was like, boom, it's right there. You know, you try transferring some Bitcoin. It's uh, apparently it takes the uh, it takes the, uh, the Silk Road <laughs> by by cart. So, yeah, they're going to lower them. There there are already solutions in beta testing to lower the transaction fees of uh, Bitcoin. But uh, no, people are just, it's like saying, well, if you're storing, uh, you know, uh, if you're storing your meat for the winter, why aren't you eating meat all the time? It's like, because we're storing for the winter. Well, meat is not just a store of calories. It's also a consumption of calories. Well, yes. Yes, it is. But if the winter is going to be some Game of Thrones seven-year-long thing, then you're going to want to store it pretty well. So uh, a fridge is also part of your cooking, right? So your freezer, right? Uh, life would be miserable if every time the wave withdrew from the shore, I worried that there would soon be no water left in the whole world. Yeah, that's a pretty, a pretty good way to do it. Well, the escalation in state-run supercomputers super eventually break Bitcoin blockchain because they would be so powerful. The computation, no, don't believe so. Uh, people are still price still people still price crypto in U.S. dollars, so they're focused on buy low, sell high instead of holding until you can transact in crypto. Absolutely. Valid, uh, how will Bitcoin become mainstream if 95% of the population have no idea how to get it, store it, or what to spend it on? 95% is a guess, since I'm the only person I know that has any, though everyone has heard of it. So, um, I've said this before, I'll say it again. You've got to get this into your head, right? So, I remember there was some Bollywood movie, and actually a friend of mine was in it, believe it or not. There was some Bollywood movie, and Someone was complaining about how unstable India was. And they said, well, if you look at America a couple of decades after independence, America was pretty damn chaotic too. So you've got to measure it by that. So you, you're sitting on technology that is mature, right? You're, other than me on DLife, right? When you're sitting on technology that is mature, you're sitting on the internet, which is mature, you're sitting on computers and tablets, which are mature, and web browsers, and, you know, TCP, IP, and routers, and all, it's all mature, right? Which is why it doesn't fail too much, right? So this is all mature technology, been around for decades, for the most part, right? So you don't compare something like that, right? And and all of the technology, like computing technology, you could say Babbitt and so on, computing technology... Post-World War II, uh, you had these giant brick-like IBM computers, well, more than brick-like room-sized IBM computers in the 1950s, right? So you're talking 70 years, right? 70 years or so. 70 years or so for sort of modern computing, give or take, right? And it's arguable, I know, but just, you know, bear with me. It's give or take, right? So what you want to do is you want to compare computers to 10 years after the beginning of computers. So you want to compare computers in 1960s, in the early 1960s, to the computers in the early 1950s. And the computers in the early 1960s, by modern standards, still sucked, right? You had to swap out memory cards to fly to the moon because they only had, I don't know, 16K of RAM or something like that, right? In the 1980s, sorry, that was a very strange (laughs) noise. In the 1980s, I had to spend $1,200 back then. It was an inheritance from my grandmother, my step-grandmother, um, I, I spent $1,200. Uh, actually, no, I only got $800. My mother, to her credit, I give credit where is due, did kick in a couple of hundred bucks. I think she was dating some guy at the time. She kicked in a couple of hundred bucks, and I got an Atari 800. I didn't buy the 400 because it only had membrane keys, and I didn't like that. I wanted to learn proper typing. So I bought an Atari 800. Uh, does anyone want to guess? Anybody want to guess? Throw a guess into me, brothers. Let's make this as interactive as humanly possible. Um how much memory did this thing have? How much RAM did my computer, that cost twelve hundred bucks plus tax, uh, how much memory did did I did I get? Four hundred twenty pounds. Hey man, it's not a diet show. Boom. There's a currency joke for you. Not a very good one. Thirty-two K. Boy, that would have been nice. Sixty-nine every single time. Uh It had eight K of RAM. It had eight K of RAM. In fact. Um, You'd have to, when you were typing, you'd have to check. I'd type novels and and plays and all that. I'd have to make sure, right? So, no, it had had 8K of RAM. Now, I remember meeting a guy in a parking lot. I'm not sure that it was entirely above board. The guy had a very Italian name. And I met him in a parking lot, and he sold me 32K of RAM for $80. And that was rough, man, because I was making $2.50 an hour at uh, a hardware store. And I would work four hours Tuesdays and Thursday nights, five thirty to nine thirty, and I'd work eight hours on a Saturday. So, you know, that was that was kinda of rough. Right? That was kinda of rough. I would be making what, forty bucks a week? So that was two weeks' work for me, right? So I had I had I got the thing to forty K of RAM. Which was incredible, right? Yeah, hey kid, wanna buy some RAM? No, literally I, I remember the guy's name too. Um <laughs> I mean, gosh, he's probably long dead now. Luigi DeSmiley. I, I, rem- I think I remember his name. Luigi DeSmiley was his name. <laughs> and um, uh, I'm sure it was totally on the up and up, but I bought some RAM in a parking lot with cash. Um, <laughs> so I need the RAM, man. Yeah, you hit me with the RAM. I can't run the newest games. I remember seeing the GIF of Cindy Crawford download line by line over the 2800 board modem from the BBS. That's right, a 300 board modem on my first computer that had, right? So, yeah, it's a good thing I wasn't kidnapped and sold for parts. Um, so you want to come, and so that's, like, say, 1950 to 19, like, so 30 years. 30 years after the computers started, you could buy a home computer for $1,200, which would be, what, $5,000 an hour or something, maybe 6000 now, right? And it was a great investment for me because I learned how to code, uh, and, and it had no modem, it had no printer, and do you know, does anybody know how I loaded programs onto my Atari 800 when I first got it. Does anybody know how I loaded programs on my Atari 800 when I first got it? Give me a guess. Oh, you may know. But give me a guess. I spent $400 on a 32 megabyte MPS player. ASCII porn was great. <laughs> uh, well, at least it's the, it's the first porn with characters. Boom! Uh, it was, um, I wrote Binary. Uh, yes, you're right. It was a cassette tape. And the cassette tape, do you know how much it could transfer? It could transfer 1K a minute. Uh, no, <laughs> punch cards. No, not that bad. My very first computer pro I had a computer at home. I was programming my first computer science course. I got 22% because I just hated it and I never went because it was punch cards and crap, right? Um, but, yeah, I, and I eventually I, I ended up buying um, a, um, a tape. Uh, sorry, a, a disc, five and a quarter disc, right? The Sinclair Z- ZX80, ZX80 was what it's called. That thing came with 2K RAM, and I think you had to build it yourself. <laughs> anyway, so so if you look at 30 years from the beginning of computers to when I bought a home computer, and I first learned to program on a PET computer, that PET computer, which had 2K of RAM and no graphics. At least the, and the Atari 800, when I would program things, I programmed like Zork Adventure Tales, I programmed graphical adventures, I programmed space games, and... You had two lines, but if you, you could use shortcuts. So instead of saying graphics 8 to go to the highest graphics level, you do gr.8 and you could fit more code on a single line. Anyway, sorry, that's probably too geeky for everyone except me and maybe three of you. But So you want to look at Bitcoin to 1961 computers. You don't want to look at Bitcoin like full maturity, right? So to get from room-sized IBM computers to what we're doing now was 70 years. That's seven times longer than Bitcoin has ever been a thing, really, right? I'm sorry, I don't count the first year or two, right? So when it comes to Bitcoin, I mean, you want to compare it to fiat? It's been around for 100 years, and the concept of fiat has been around for thousands of years. Do you want to compare it to the gold ecosystem and environment? And and you understand, people who hold Bitcoin often have 90% of their assets in Bitcoin. People who hold gold have like 10% of their assets in gold. So it's complete nonsense when it comes to who's more committed. And generally, who's more committed is, um, is going to win in the long run. You just look at the left, right? So don't compare crypto to other technology. It's completely unfair. What you wanna do is you wanna to say to people, Oh, crypto, it's it's immature, it's it's unstable, it's expensive, it's well it's slow or whatever, right? Which some of it is for sure. So what you want to do is you want to say to people, Okay, what were airplanes like in nineteen sixteen or nineteen seventeen? What 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 were computers like in nineteen sixty one? What what were cars like ten years after the first car ran? What was it, nineteen oh six for Kitty Hawk? So you know 1916 10 years after kitty hawk um how were planes well they were loud uh, unstable uh, crazy expensive and uh they were still monoplanes didn't come around till the late 1920s if i remember rightly so you had biplanes sometimes even triplanes they crashed a lot they fell apart a lot they couldn't take much damage they were you know crazy unstable right so Don't compare Bitcoin to mature technologies because it is 10 years into adoption. And the other thing, too, is that it wasn't like the horse and cart manufacturers were sabotaging a whole lot of car manufacturers or the the sailing ship companies were sabotaging a lot of airplane manufacturers, but the central banking is run by the government, So you're going up against a government monopoly that is profitable to the tunes of trillions of dollars a year to the ruling elite class, right? The banksters. So when you've got bitcoin you're talking 10 years into its implementation and it's massively opposed to the most centralized and brutal power the world has ever known so yeah give it some freaking breaks for god's sakes right so q basic 1.1 1. 1. oh yeah oh yeah something else all right uh let's uh um get to some uh questions Uh, Comments. If you guys have questions or comments, Uh, somebody asks, about money in general, why is it a priority for some parents both working 100% for money uh, to to, to get money rather than spending time with their children? Um, Because we have uh, daycare generation, right? So we have the daycare generation of children who were abandoned by their mothers, uh, thrown into daycares. The mothers went back to work after a month or six weeks or two months or six months. So the children were dumped in daycares, and they lack foundational bonding capacities. Uh, with with other people and uh it's uh it's it's pretty horrifying uh we are living in a very mentally damaged generation because we performed this massive experiment on children which was like well what if we just dump them in daycares completely unprecedented in all of human evolution what if we just dump them in daycares which is you know well what if we just try having the next generation with anal sex it's like well (laughs) not gonna work right so uh we have a generation of people now who find it easier to go and make money than spend time with their children because if you spend time with your children I can tell you this from very personal experience when you spend if you were abandoned as a baby and I I had it sort of half and half I won't get into all the details I had some good some bad but if you're abandoned as a kid and you spend time with your kid and you realize how much you love your kid and how much they love you and how much you mean to them and how much they mean to you and how much fun it is and how great it is and how enjoyable it is it's it's I mean it absolutely completely and totally breaks your heart how you were treated as a child, if you treat your child better, the reason why people don't treat their children better is they want to avoid that deep well of pain and horror about how badly they were treated, and they want to protect the reputation of their parents in their own mind, which is their parents' priority, not theirs, and all that kind of stuff, so, all right, let me get to some questions here, what do we got here? Is the Bitcoin drop a result of some sort of state interference? Well, sure, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But it's going to hit everyone, and Bitcoin is the best place to store value, uh, bar none. All right. Assuming Bitcoin has entered into a several-month downtrend, how should we prepare for that? Um, Well, I mean, hold or buy, right? If you think it's a several-month downtrend, then at some point you'll buy i would assume if you can and listen i mean the people i've got messages from people who were like well i i had to sell my bitcoin because i had to pay my bills and you know my particular advice in general uh not uh, don't like don't take your food money right you got you got to eat and and once you have to pay your bills with your crypto money then you've kind of lost your capacity to determine when to buy and sell in many ways so let's see here so downtrend i mean what, what does the downtrend matter i mean honestly it's it's all it's not real losses till you sell right and and just don't sell if you if you think it's going to go back up right i mean I, you don't need me to tell you that right well, let's see here what else do we have uh, blah, 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 blah. so and and did you guys check this out Uh oh, here's another thing which is kind of underreported and the Bitcoin community, the Bitcoin community, while wonderful, uh, it's kind of interesting, right? So, the Bitcoin community, uh, first of all, they they won't touch me with a 10 foot bowl, even though I'm a total Bitcoin OG, right? I mean, I did shows on Bitcoin in 2011 uh, and all of that. So, I'm a total Bitcoin OG, and they won't. They won't touch me or interview me or anything like that. And I get that. You know, I mean, they're financial guys and all that. But all, all the people who interviewed me will be heroes in the future, and all the people who avoided it will be castigated in the future because they're the equivalent of the people who voted to convict Socrates. And uh, so that's that's not great. So, uh, oh, yeah, I'm also on Noise.cash. Noise.cash, you can check me out on Freedom Aid. It's a new social media site, uh, Bitcoin Cash-based, and you can check me out there, noise.cash. So, uh, let me just see here. So there was a. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna double check this because I read about this and I wanted to make sure that this happened or appears to have happened. Um. Because it, I heard that there was a um. A theft on a Turkish exchange. You guys hear about this? Uh, Right, what do we got here? Oh, yeah, Turkish crypto exchange boss goes missing, reportedly taking $2 billion of investment funds with him. Thodex, a crypto platform based in Turkey, said its platform has been temporarily closed to address an abnormal fluctuation in the company accounts. Boy, that's a nice way of uh, saying bend over. Local media reports say that Faruk Fatih Ozer, Thodex founder, has flown to Albania, taking two billion dollars of investor funds with him. Uh, According to the state run agency, Turkish authorities have now issued an international warrant seeking Ozer's arrest. So Turkish cryptocurrency exchanges offline at CEO has reportedly gone missing, leaving thousands of investors worried that their funds have been stolen. It might be beyond worry at this point. So local media reports he took all of this money, uh, according to what people say. Uh, A lawyer who filed a criminal complaint against Ozra said Thodex had 400,000 users, of which 390,000 were active. However, Ozra has disputed the allegation, saying only 30,000 users have been affected by the situation and that reports of about $2 billion of losses are unfounded. Unfounded. Now, um, of course, they could say that only 30,000 of the 400,000 were active, but it really depends who had the most money in it, right? So if the 98% of money was held in the top 9% of these 30,000 users, then that's the ones that would have been pillaged, right? So, uh, uh, Police have detained 62 people in eight cities, including Istanbul, blah, blah, blah. So what can I tell you? According to Bloomberg, Thodex last month offered new registrants millions of free Dogecoins. The exchange reportedly said 4 million of the meme-inspired cryptocurrencies... Crypto tokens have been distributed, but many users say they hadn't received them. So uh, this this happens, right? The, so if, you, if your bank goes bankrupt, there's Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation will repay you your money up to a certain amount, maybe a couple hundred K or something like that. In 2019, Canadian crypto exchange Quadrigo CX went bankrupt after its CEO died, resulting in millions of dollars' worth of digital assets being trapped in a digital wallet. So you're not hearing a lot about this. You're not hearing a lot about this uh, from the crypto community because they don't want people to freak out and say, well, wait a minute, if I have crypto, someone can just come and steal it? Uh, well, no, uh, because if you put your crypto on an exchange, the exchange, buys, sell, blah, 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 you know how this stuff kind of works, but they don't want to talk about this kind of stuff. So I will give you a tip. Uh, I, I will give you a tip on how to avoid this kind of stuff, and this is hard one lesson for me, okay? When you do business with people, You want to do business with people who have a commitment to universal morality. Universal morality. That's really, really important. So I do business now with people who are Christians or people who follow UPB, universally preferable behavior, which is universal morality. um, My work on ethics, you can get it for free at freedomain.com forward slash books. So I will only do business with people who recognize universal morality. Now, that doesn't guarantee that they'll be honorable and decent, but at least they're not advertising ahead of time that they have no particular obligation to do so. I will let you ponder the rest of that statement on your own, but that's my particular approach to things uh, these days. But yeah, so they don't want to talk about that. There's some FUD around that kind of stuff. So, all right, let's get back to our chats. And should we diversify Bitcoin holdings, having some on custodial sites and some in personal wallets? I will let you answer that question. I'm not gonna tell you what to do with your cryptos. I'm never gonna tell you to buy or sell. Nobody can tell you that, nobody can tell you that. You have to, see, when you ask someone, should I buy crypto, what you're really asking is, can I blame you if it goes wrong, (laughs) right? And and I'm not saying consciously, right? But you want to, you want to have both the honor and the disaster of making your own decisions. You, You want both the honor and the, I've never told anyone to buy crypto, never told anyone to sell crypto, Never tell you what percentage to have uh, in your portfolio. Never tell you what's best or worst in securing and what... I will never do that because these are decisions that you have to live or die by to some degree according to your own. I want you to have the pride of making a good decision and I want you to have the education of making a bad decision. But what you're asking is, oh, well, Steph said this, so I did that. And if it goes well, you won't feel that much pride. And if it goes badly, you'll get mad at me. And I don't mind that you're mad at me. The, The only essential human freedom in the modern world is the getting over the fear of being hated. But. So let's see here. Uh, I thought Steph was bored with Bitcoin stability. Pucker up because Uncle uh, Sam is getting involved. Yeah, well. Um, So here's the thing, too, right? So Bitcoin is filtering from people who are short term speculators into long term investors. And that's a very good thing for the long-term victory and stability. Tunisian national has stabbed French policewoman in the throat and killed her while screaming "Allahu Akbar," but being shot dead by himself. Oh, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that uh, LeBron will uh, LeBron James will also complain about that one. I mean, come on, LeBron James going after the cop who shot the black girl who was trying to stab some other black girl. What? You can't even have a knife fight in your own community these days and trying to kill people without the police getting involved. My God. Cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin is a total Ponzi scheme. <laughs> yeah, but Social Security is totally legit. And fiat currency, which is based on violence, is totally, totally legit. That's really funny. All right. Oh, tulip bombs! my God. The tulip bulb thing lasted eight months. Crypto's been around for 10 years or more. No, it was shorter than three years. I think it was shorter than three years. These, these the South Sea bubbles, all, all these shorter than that, that time frame. All right. Let's see here. What else do we have? I don't, we don't have to have a big long show. I'm doing another call in show tonight. But I just wanted to talk about this kind of stuff to uh, at least help you see it from what I think is a, a good a good perspective. Buy when there's blood in the streets. Well, uh, subscribe to Stefan on unauthorized.tv. They're adding streaming. Yes. Yes, that is. Steph is a crypto supremacist. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, And, of course, war as well, right? Um, The Democrats have never forgiven Russia for overthrowing communism and becoming nationalistic and Christian and maybe remaining a white country. I don't know, but they've never. So they they absolutely want to destroy Russia ever since uh, that. So they're going to try and provoke something with Ukraine. As long as Bitcoin isn't losing as much value as your fiat, you're good. Okay, so here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. I'm going to give you a big secret to happy, happiness, right? The big secret to happiness, never adjust. <laughs> never adjust. Never, ever, ever adjust. You know, you know what happens. You get good news. There was some female tennis player, Monica Seller, something like that, who said the thrill of victory lasts about 15 minutes, right? So you get some great news, some great news in your life, and you're like, yes! You know. And, and if you look at this, right, Bitcoin has still gone up enormously, for six months straight i mean come on if somebody had told you last october that you'd be upset at bitcoin below slightly below 50k us you'd have been like 50k us that's pretty good (laughs) right never adjust never adjust um there's an old movie uh broadcast news and in it this guy who's smart is constantly being picked on by these dumb guys when he's a teenager and he finally turns around and screams at them like, none of you losers will ever get out of this town and none of you losers will ever, ever, ever be in a job where you make more than $19,000 a year. You loser, you're going to be the loser, something like that. I'm paraphrasing like crazy, right? But you're never going to be in a job that makes more than $19,000 a year. This is back in the day, so that was quite good money, right? And they look at each other like, wow, $19,000 a year, that's pretty good. You know, so he thinks he's insulting the hell out of them. And they're like, well, that's pretty good, right? Because it'd be like, I don't know, 50 grand a year now, right? So never adjust. Never never take things for granted. You know the way that this happens psychologically. This is true. Whatever good news we get, we adjust to. It. You know, hey, I just found a pot of gold in my backyard. I'm thrilled. And tomorrow, oh, they canceled my Netflix show that I like. I hate the word, you know, like just never adjust. Constantly remain in a state of of deep and eternal gratitude for every scrap of good fortune that comes your way. Refuse to adjust to anything, right? And I thought about this last night. When I was going to the washroom at 5 o'clock in the morning, I looked at Bitcoin, and it was, I can't remember, down to whatever, in the 60s, Canadian, whatever. And I was like, ugh. And then I'm like, no, 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 shake your head, man. If somebody had told you this would be the price of Bitcoin six months ago, you'd be completely, totally thrilled. But it's down from 80. (laughs) But it's up from... so glass half full, glass half full. You just got to be relentless with yourself because there is a sort of sadistic, satanic part of your soul that will constantly have you look at what's missing rather than what's present. And, you know, as a cancer survivor, every day is a blessing, and it's really kind of true, right? Because I got diagnosed with cancer, things didn't look good, I'm fine, and uh, any time you're north of the six-foot dirt nap, you're doing pretty good. But, yeah, you just have to be relentless. and And whatever demonic sadistic side of you that constantly wants you to feel like you're short of something, you know, like you can watch this Paris Hilton documentary, which is actually pretty good. Uh, pretty good. I was thinking of doing a show on it, but you know, I couldn't get her to come on the show with me. <laughs> I won't make a joke about that because that was dark stuff or sex tape. But anyway, um. so she's like, well, I thought I'd be happy when I made a couple of hundred billion dollars, a couple of hundred million dollars. Now I think I'll be happy when I make a billion dollars. Right. And so you can look at your crypto gains and, you can say, oh, but it's gone down and feel bad. That's a really satanic and sadistic part of you. And you got to fight that tooth and nail. You got to fight that tooth and nail, man. I'm still incredibly grateful for the modern world. There is no better time to be alive than the present. There is no better time to be alive than the present. You say, oh, well, things are going badly. Well, first of all, people have been saying that for 10,000 years. Uh, things have been going badly. But they're going pretty well relative to just about every aspect of human history. So. Yeah, that, that's my secret. You want to be happy? Refuse to adjust to good news. Refuse to incorporate it and make that the new thing, right? Uh, Steph, I heard rumors that the CIA probably created it. What are your thoughts on it? I don't know, man. Just study economics. What, what are you <laughs> what are you wasting your time with this crap for? When, when, you, when, you, when, will, when will you invite Peter Schiff to the show? Uh, we did a show not too long ago, and you can look back on – if you want to find old shows of mine – Go to fdrpodcasts.com, fdrpodcast.com, do a search, and below will be the videos. And um, so, yeah, Peter Schiff has gone all in against Bitcoin, and and he and I did a debate many years ago on Bitcoin versus gold. And apparently there's lots of debates now on Bitcoin versus gold. Like, that's a new thing, but as an OG in the Bitcoin space, that's my thing, right? So, uh, he is, um, now his son is very much into crypto, and Peter Schiff is very much into gold, and... You know, I, I don't agree with Peter Schiff, but so what, right? Uh, which wallet is best for Canadians? Most economical. See, again, I mean, I, I appreciate that you're asking me. I'm never going to tell you that. I'm never going to say, oh, I recommended this wallet. Oh, there turned out to be a problem with this wallet. Like, never, never going to happen. You got to do your own research. Uh, right. If 49K is the bottom after this kind of open government threat to investors, I'd say that's a pretty good sign. See, the Biden administration has clearly signaled its desire to destroy the fiat currency based economy, the stocks and bonds and real estate based economy, real estate a little bit less. But they've clearly signaled their desire, their thirst to wreck the economy. I mean, in after 14 months of a pandemic and what is absolutely a, a depression slash recession of the first order that's only propped up by the helium bullshit of infinite debt or near infinite debt, in the midst of growing inflation in the midst of record lows in labor force participation. I mean, just go talk to a restaurant owner. Go talk to people who run businesses and, and see how they're doing in getting their wait staff and their cooks to come back to work. Cooks are saying, well, government's giving me 500 bucks a week to stay home, tax-free. Why on earth would I come and work for you? I mean, no. And people are just losing the willingness to work. They're losing the ability to work. They're getting giant holes in their resumes. So the idea that you... Hit a massive tax increase on job creation after 14 months of a pandemic-inspired recession slash depression when your bonds are giving people absolutely minuscule returns on investment. Now, you could say they're doing this to cool down the stock market. I don't give them any kind of stuff like that, but... um and, and you look at what's happening, of course, they're giving massive child credits as a result of this. So they're they're taxing the rich and the wealthy and the highly intelligent, and they're giving money to the less intelligent. This dysgenics is fundamental to statism. That's just the reality. Right? All right. So let's see here. Same thing with our life gains from going hungry to having a full pantry. Life is good, right? Yeah, I was saying this the other day, right? Like I've got one eye that's slightly weaker than the other eye. And so... Um, when I'm looking now that I'm sort of getting into my mid-50s, I sort of look around, the left eye is a little blurry, the right eye is perfectly clear, and it's like, oh, that's a bit of a drag. And it's like, so I can sit there and say, well, it's a drag. I have one eye that's slightly weaker than the other. Or, because I'm left-handed, so I think my right side is strong. Anyway, or I can say, isn't it great that I have a good eye that's really sharp? <laughs> yeah, I can you look at it. 2016, is that when? I was trying to remember when it was. St- uh, Stefan versus Bitcoin. Debate, uh, me versus Peter Schiff from 2016. Yeah, yeah, pretty good, right? Can I really be upset if it dips? Sure, but I'm still way up. But you have to look at the dip in, in what it is. So the dip is people who aren't committed to Bitcoin getting out of Bitcoin. The dip is people saying, I believe in fiat currency and I don't believe in Bitcoin. That's all it is. That's all the dip is. Is people saying, I prefer government-enforced monopoly paper to a digital store a value that is going up over time. I can tell you this, as someone who was involved in taking a company public, you don't want stupid investors in your company because they'll be loud, obnoxious, annoying, and try and drag you in the wrong direction. And they'll also make everything really unstable because they're jittery. So you want the paper hands, and literally paper hands, right? They want fiat paper over digital scarcity. I mean, they're literally like people who are like, well, MP3s are the past. You know, it's the future, eight tracks. Well, you want those people out of the MP3 space because they're too dumb, too smug, too ridiculous, too uninformed, too miseducated, too propagandized, too ridiculous to stay in the space. You want these corrections. They're literally called corrections. You want the people who prefer fiat to get the hell out of Bitcoin and into fiat. That's their punishment, right? And you want the other people, because you know, a dip is when people are selling for fiat And other people are like, the dip is when people are saying, I prefer fiat to Bitcoin. And other people are saying, I prefer Bitcoin to fiat. Don't you want that transaction to occur, even if it costs a a certain amount of paper losses in the short? Of course you want that. You want all the people who prefer Bitcoin to fiat to be in the space. And this is a way of bringing huge numbers of people into the space. Just look at the number of Bitcoin wallets being created. It's going through the roof. So people who prefer Bitcoin are snapping it up, and people who prefer fiat are dropping it off. You want that absolutely, completely, and totally in this space. Uh, Bitcoin down. Talk to me in January 2022. Yeah, yeah, could be. Could be. Let's not forget the massive immigrants being flown all over the USA. Yeah, I think that's even against their own statutes, but anyway. Every restaurant and service industry companies in my town are desperately trying to hire. Yeah, because now you're in competition with the giant sit on your ass, quote, minimum wage of endless subsidies from the government, right? So it's, uh, and, and now there's a, it was a restaurant in Florida that now has robot waiters. It's just going to replace them. You know, they're just going to, oh, look, we raised the minimum wage. Oh, look, we've got giant tablets in McDonald's, right? Yeah, that's, that's crazy, right? Oh, Stream died? Oh, it, takes me, it took me a while to scroll down there. Let me see what I got going on here uh all right hang on no it's online it says it's online uh just hit me a y if the stream came back are we back are we back he is risen yeah we're back okay sorry about that crap uh i put a coin in the meter <laughs> that's right i was also cold as a kid too i was down for five minutes you were back okay So I will tell you this last bit again, because it's really important. And it's actually kind of interesting that I went down for this, this little bit. Let's see if we go down again. I will tell you what I just told everyone. Well, I guess no one almost, except for those people on other platforms. So when there's a dip, it means people are selling, obviously, and people are buying. Now, who's selling? The people who prefer fiat to Bitcoin are selling. And who's buying? The people who prefer Bitcoin to fiat. You absolutely want that to happen. I'm telling you this right now, you absolutely, desperately and totally want that to happen. You want the literal paper hands of people who would rather be invested in violence-backed monopoly government paper, those people who want that, you want them out of the Bitcoin space. So when people are selling, they're saying, I prefer coercive monopoly paper to true digital scarcity. You want those people to sell their Bitcoins and to buy fiat currency. In the same time, the people who are buying, who are like, I don't want this stamp of immorality called fiat currency, I want libertarian digital scarcity. So you you want the dip, because what it's doing is it's transferring resources from people who don't believe in Bitcoin to people who do believe in Bitcoin. You absolutely, completely, and totally want that 150%. So you can look at this dip and say, oh, no, it went down. It's like, no, but it went to the right direction. And you look at the number of new Bitcoin wallets being created. It's huge. And even the number of people who've got a lot of Bitcoins, those numbers are going up. And again, the miners aren't taking profits that much, not selling Bitcoins. You've got huge amounts of Bitcoins being moved into, uh, into paper storage, into off-site storage, right? So you absolutely, completely and totally want the transfer of the resource to those who truly understand and appreciate it in the long term. So I think it's fantastic. I think it's great that there's a dip. A dip is a rise in the number of people committed to Bitcoin, and that's absolutely you want, right? Yeah, Joe Biden did announce a 50-plus percent capital gain tax, or it's just under 50%, but uh, with state taxes and other taxes, it goes over. Yeah, five minutes later, market collapse, right? Absolutely. All those people who were in at $9,000 are selling to buy their third home. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, you want to think, you know, if if it's true that Bitcoin, I mean, as I said before, my personal opinion, totally subjective, no recommendation. I've always thought 700K for Bitcoin. Um, I've thought this for years and years and years, but anyway, so if you like, let's say it's 70 K now or whatever, I don't know what it's at right now, but let's say, okay, so if it does go to something high, then you want to look at everything you spend now being 10 times the price, right? If you buy a quarter million dollar condo with your Bitcoin profits, uh, and Bitcoin goes much higher then that's a $2.5 million condo. So anyway, <laughs> you think multiply everything by 10. If you think it's going to go higher, that's just a basic math thing that you can do, obviously, uh, uh in your head. So. All right. Uh, any other last questions or comments? Boy, time flies when I'm chatting with you guys. It really, it really does. Uh, Bitcoin just crossed back over 50K. Well, listen, I, I don't want to take that personally as just my particular. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's going back up. What does the end of fiat even look like? Uh, I've got a presentation called The Fall of Rome. Uh, you should check it out. All right. Uh, Last question or comment. I'm happy to close this out uh, if people want. But. uh... There's never been a huge rise without a huge fall in Bitcoin. This will happen again, probably down to 15K. Uh, I don't agree with that myself um, because. um, uh, when, When things get to a certain size and stability, they They simply don't drop back. Like Apple is not going to go back down to five bucks, even though when Apple was five bucks a share, it went up and down like crazy. And so I I don't believe that's going to be the case. The other thing too is that we are reaching sort of the the, the closing, you know, we're in the season finale of fiat currency. And what really accelerated this and why Bitcoin is up so much is uh, not COVID per se, but the response to COVID. And now that we're deep in the third wave and there may be a fourth, I mean, the economy is just going to get shredded. And so, will you ever run for PM of Canada? I can absolutely tell you I will not run for PM of Canada. Uh, absolutely not. Um, so, unless it's, you know, it could be the afternoon of Canada, I suppose. I hope they write this season finale better than Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. So, there used to be a pretty charming show that I watched, uh, gosh, called Psych. Do you, do you remember that? There was a show called Psych. It was pretty charming and a fun a sort of amiable time waster uh, and um, the season finale or the, the series finale was absolutely completely terrible uh, like beyond terrible and the reason for that of course is that when the writers know like there's a whole staff of writers right and when the writers know that the series is coming to an end they start looking for work and the best writers get hired out and only the worst writers remain right and this is an analogy for fiat currency as well so Please call it what it is, the Great Reset. The commies are coming. Uh, and if it wasn't for crypto, they, we wouldn't have much of an option other than flight, right? Okay. Well, I'm going to stop here. It's been a cozy hour and a half. Thanks, everyone, so much for dropping by. A great pleasure. FreeDomain.com forward slash donate to help out the show. I would really, really appreciate it. And, uh, oh, yeah, the other thing, too, of course, uh, that the the by putting the capital gain stuff up, the boomers are just, they're just lifting the ladder, right? They're they're fine in their cloud castles. They're just lifting the ladder for anyone else to get up. That's kind of kind of natural. But yeah, thanks everyone. A great chat. A great uh, afternoon. I hope you guys have a wonderful afternoon and evening. Don't forget to drop by Friday nights at uh, seven pm. I'll put out the um, I, I put it out on social media. Just follow me on social media. People are like, how do I know when you're abroad? Put it out on social media. I always put it out on social media. And you can follow me at freedomain.com forward slash connect. There's a whole bunch of places I, I posted just about all of them, and you can get all of that. Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, is the uh, open season QA, chitty chat stuff with audio. Friday nights, I do a call in show, maybe with one or two people, but it's kind of really detailed. And um, yeah, other than that, it's catch as catch can. Freedomain.com forward slash almost. A free audio book with my full acting talents on display. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And you should really, really get this book. It'll move you beyond words. It's a fantastic book. freedomain.com forward slash almost. And remember, check out my NFTs at freedomain.com. Sorry, freedomainnft.com. Thanks, everyone, so much. Uh, Take care. I'll talk to you soon.